thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Over these next 21 days, uh, we're going into 21 days of prayer. And when we go into the last 21 days of prayer, we gave all of you a journal. And the goal of that was for you to develop a discipline of spending time alone with Jesus each day. And uh, this next 21 days of prayer, uh, we have available for you today out in the lobby. Uh, I'd like to actually ask you, I want to be a little bit more aggressive than normal, and actually invite you to pick up one of these tokens. Um, we've got a bracelet, which is what I'm wearing. We're gonna have a, we have a sticker out there, and then we have a magnet. And the idea is, is it, all of them say the future is radiant. And because I want to invite you to take a minimum of just 60 seconds a day over the next 21 days to pray at least 60 seconds uh, for this campaign. Meaning, over the next 24 months, we're going to be believing God for a permanent home for Radiant. And for me, it's one of the most exciting times because it's an opportunity to step out in faith. And I'd like to invite you to stand as an intercessor, just asking God to be at work, the, the, the home, the place, if it's the land, if it's the build, whatever God has for us. And I know that God has a place for us. I know that. It's, I, I, I'm believing God. I know it. But we don't know where. We don't know what it looks like yet. And I believe that when we pray, we're laboring in the spiritual realm. And so I'm, I, I'm believing that uh, more than 10 intercessors is 1,000 intercessors asking God for the right place. And so I want to invite you for 21 days to just pray for this, this next process, both finding what the Lord has for us, praying for it asking the Lord to reveal it, funding it, the whole process. And so if you wouldn't mind just picking up one of those, uh, just one of these things. And, this, and so if you're kind of a bracelet person, some of you think I'm not, I'm not doing a bracelet that says the future is radiant, David. Uh, that's just not me. Uh, uh, some of you say I'm not doing a sticker. So you, some of you are sticker people. Some of you will put it on water bottles, Nalgene's, the refrigerator, you know, like is, what that, go with the magnet on that one. Um, but just, just pick up one thing just as a reminder to pray for 21 days. So we'll just use that uh, 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 just, just to remind us to pray. So just curious, if you're with me and you go, for the next 21 days, I'll pray that God would give us this permanent home. You're with me on that. Can you just raise your hand? Just want to know you're with me. You're with me. You're with me. 21 days. Okay, good. Thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, grateful for each one of you. Grateful for uh, what God's going to do there. I want to just m make sure that you're aware then on October 17th, after the 21 days, that's where we're going to have uh, a big Sunday where we're going to just commit to the Lord and uh, we're going to all jump in. And if all of us will sacrificially give um, to make a difference, sacrificially give for this. Um, together, we can do a lot. And uh, so I want to invite you to be praying over those 21 days. And then, on, uh, uh, then on, at the end, we're going to make that big commitment. And uh, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be an exciting time. And we'll, we're going to celebrate what God is doing. So this is a fun time to be on the journey. I believe this is one of the most exciting times uh, to be a part of Radiant Church. And I'm, I am, I'm so excited about this next step. Every step of the way, 
uh, as you walk out your journey of faith, you're, 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 you're needing faith to take that next step. And for us as a church, this is kind of a corporate next step. This is the family's next step. This is the army's next step. This is the bride's next step. Take your picture of the church. We're taking a step of faith, and uh, I'm excited about it. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Numbers chapter 13. If you're out there, say, I am. Uh, we're beginning a four-week series today called The Future is Radiant. So for the next two uh, years, next 24 months, uh, we're going to have this initiative called The Future is Radiant. But I wanted to just drill down and spend four weeks with a, with a campaign that's really built around vision. It's really built around where we're going, what God's called us to do, what God's called us to be. And so for four weeks, we're going to take some ideas that are in the Scripture and I want to highlight them as unique parts of who we are as a church. And so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go Numbers 13 today. Numbers 13. And I'm going to use this phrase today. Uh, under the idea of the future is radiant, today th this message is the future is pioneering. Can you say pioneering? pioneering. I lost my voice there. Pioneering. Try it again. <laughs> Can you say it? Because I can't. All right. The future is pioneering. Can you say pioneering? pioneering? Yeah, let's go there. Numbers 13. This is a famous story. But I love the story of these pioneers, and I believe that as we go into this season, we need the mentality that we see in Joshua and Caleb as pioneers. And I'd like us to grow in that. I'd like us to think like they thought. I want us to look to God like they look to God. So famous text. Let's look at it. Verse 26. Context is Moses has sent them in to look and spy out the land. Twelve spies go in. And then this is the story of the reporting back. Verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite army. Uh, and in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Verse 6, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the, to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, 
and will give it to us. So you got multiple times they're talking about the Lord. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us to a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. And they talk about the Lord again. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not, and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is God, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to have a pioneering mentality, a pioneering spirit, a pioneering take the land, big faith, God is with us. Surely we can do it mentality as we go into this season of believing and asking. God, we believe fully, Lord Jesus, that this church is not our idea. This is your idea. God, you have been so faithful in the past. You'll be faithful again. And so we as a community of faith stand believing that our best days are in front of us, that the future really is radiant. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Anoint, Lord God, this church to be a voice to this city in this generation. We love you. And everybody said amen. This week, I uh, had the opportunity of talking to one of my heroes, Dick Eastman, and I talk often about him. He's 77 years old, and uh, I said to him, hey, Dick, I just want you to know that I, I often talk about you at Radiant Church. I love to tell them the stories of your devotion to the Lord, and he, in his kind of smiley way, said, oh, David, are the stories true? You know, and I said, brother, I'm telling the truth, and uh, I looked at him, and, just, and I just began to just thank him for all that, he is, that he's meant in my life, and uh, I've known of him since 1997 and been in relationship with him since 2001 and was reading his books when I was in college. And, uh, and so I, I had this conversation with him this week and I told him, Hey, I just want you to know last Monday night at our church, we prayed over the prayer maps because I used the prayer map that Dick Eastman used to distribute. And, and he told me the story this week about how those prayer maps came about. So if you were at the Monday night prayer meeting, you prayed for the nations. We went through and we prayed over every single nation on the, on the planet on Monday night. And he said, oh, let me tell you the origins of that prayer map. And he said, back when I was just wanting to pray for the world, and I just had this passion to pray for every nation, and I would read about prayer in the scriptures, and I knew about the great commission and our call to take the gospel to the whole world. I, 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 I wanted a strategic way because he would spend an hour alone with God each day and he wanted to pray for every single nation and then he wanted to mobilize churches to pray for the nations and he said, I just started like started on napkins and then it moved to papers and posters and he told me the story of kind of how the whole idea started to, to just develop as he was desperate to pray for the nations. And he started just talking about drawing maps and getting people to print things. And, and then he said, yeah, the maps that you see now aren't like anything when we first started in the 70s and, and 80s when I was trying to get young people to pray. And all I knew was as a, in 1997, as a teenager, I was on my face in a church service with a map on the ground and I was praying over the nations. And all I knew, I didn't know the 20 years before it. I just knew what I had received. I, would, I had the opportunity just handed to me. Somebody leading me, Dick Eastman, in prayer for the nations over a map. And he had pioneered that project. And prayer mobilization took place because he decided to pioneer prayer maps. Some of you are like, I've never used a prayer map. Well, you should start. And I, I just was thinking about how awesome for Dick Eastman to take new territory before he 
existed. Not many people praying over prayer maps, strategically praying over the percentage of how many people have come to faith. Not many people looking, being able to look and see what percentage uh, is what religion in that area. Not many lists of the different organizations that help to take the gospel to the world. But now you can look at the percentages. You can pray strategically. You can have information and you can bring it in your time alone with God or you can bring it into the corporate prayer meeting of the local church. There's a lot of different ways, but Dick Eastman pioneered that and I had a conversation with Dick Eastman and I thought to myself, this week he's a pioneer. I am benefiting because of the land that he took, prayer maps. Talked on the phone this week to my dad. You guys know he's one of my heroes. And we talked about my children and we talked about the dynamics going on with each one of my four kids as I got this vision to help my kids all be disciples of Jesus. And uh, my dad commented on some different dynamics going on with some of my children. And I had the thought. My dad in 1976 decided that he was going to disciple his kids and he was going to study how Jesus made disciples of, and, and, and I now have this idea of taking my kids out one-on-one and Renata and I have been intentional in a way uh, with our kids, with many of the ideas that my dad pioneered with his accidental triplets plus one and Surprised my dad in that, in that idea of, of how he wanted to parent through making disciples, that lens of parenting. And I thought, man, dad is a pioneer of not of parenting, but of making disciples of parenting. I mean, he's, he's, he's fought for ground that I'm the beneficiary of. It just kind of comes easier for me because he trained me. I grew up in it. I think that way. Just one more. And that is this week I talked to a, a Pastor Chris Hodges and had a quick conversation. And 20 years ago, he moved to a city and started a new church in a city that he didn't know anyone. And he's now giving me resources. And I'm learning from that church from 20 years ago. And he's encouraging me with ideas. And I'm able to learn and grow. He pioneered pastoring that way, and now I'm the beneficiary of some of the things. So I, I talked to a pioneer of prayer. I talked to a pioneer of parenting. I talked to a pioneer of pastoring. These leaders in my life that took ground that now I, in my greatest passions, God, family, church, get to, get to they trailblaze, and I'm, I, I get a, a benefit. And I was thinking about where we're going in terms of generations to come with Radiant Church, thinking about teenagers uh, that will exist 15 years from now. Right now, they're little tiny kids. Thinking about uh, all that God's called us to do in terms of not just next generation, but our city. To actually, I dream about a church where we're making a difference in the nations. I dream about a church where we're seeing so many people come to faith. I dream about a church that the fires of prayer burn bright. And I want to invite you today to not just think about the church that is comfortable or enjoyable for you, but to be a pioneer for the future. But to, be, to not think just about self, but to think about others. And when you look at this text, you have pioneers and you have settlers. And when I say settlers today, I'm not talking about Mid-American Nazarene University mascot pioneers. I'm not talking about the Olathe old settlers days. So when I say pioneers and settlers, I'm talking in a spiritual sense. So don't come and give me an email about how settlers are awesome in, in American history. I believe that. Let's go. Come on. Oklahoma land run. Boom. Settle. All right. Great. I'm going after today a biblical principle 
about the temptation to settle instead of pioneer. And I want to go after, in, in context of specifically our church and what God's called us to do and what God's called us to be. Because the moment that you said yes to following Jesus, you stepped into a pioneering movement. If you look at Jesus, Jesus, even in Matthew 16, when he's talking to Peter and he says, I will build my church in the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not overcome it. Jesus has been building a pioneer movement, a pioneer church, a taking ground. You joined a movement. You didn't just join an organization. You joined movement. You you look at Jesus' great commission telling disciples to go into all the world. You hear even, you even hear the language that Jesus moved when he, Jesus says, when he says, the gates of hell won't be able to keep the church out. Why? Because we're moving forward. We're taking ground. So the day that you said yes to following Jesus and Jesus saved you, you became a part of an organization, a family, a bride that's moving, that's going somewhere. And it's always tempting to stop and settle instead of pioneer. Why? Because pioneering is costly and sacrificial and challenging and uncomfortable. And settling is easy. Settling is comfortable. And Many of us, many of us get used to a consumer mentality because it's all around us and it's easy to take that into the church and want to settle. But I want you to see here in this context, even in this story, how pioneering is rare and how the majority wanted to settle, but it was the two pioneers that were right. There was two pioneers that were walking in what God wanted and faith in God in sacrificial pioneering. But there were 10 that were saying, let's go back to Egypt. There were 10 that were saying, let's not go. It's too difficult. It's too hard. And I want to encourage you when we're, as we come out of the Daniel series and you're living in Babylon, there will always be the settling majority telling you to calm down. There will always be the settling majority that will say, don't pray, don't serve, don't give, don't make disciples, don't go, don't send your kids, don't read the Bible, so don't do that 60-second prayer. Don't. There will always be a reason, and the reason is often you because of your comfort, your comfort, because of you first, your life. Yet pioneers aren't thinking mostly about their comfort and what's easy. They're thinking about what's eternal. They're thinking about what's going to make a difference forever and ever. So I was thinking about the successful marketing plan of Staples Easy Button, right? And how the reason why that was so brilliant is because that's how all of us feel. Because we love, we love easy because ultimately easy is comfort. And ultimately, that's what we tend to live for in our culture. So it's very successful, and we love, I, I love easy. I love Instacart. Let's go. Come on, let's groceries on the front door. I, 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 love, I love Amazon Prime. It's just a button, and bam, I can pretty much think of something, and, and boom, have it soon. I mean, there's so many different pieces of, of technology that are wonderful in making our lives easy, but it becomes very problematic when you begin to do that with church, and you want church to be easy and about you. Because the very nature of what God has called us to be as a church is not what's easy. It's about others. It's about God himself. It's about calling, and it's about eternity. 
So cheesy as it may be, I want to invite you, as you look at what God's called us to be, and I just want you to know that when it seems like a struggle, well, welcome to Christianity. When it seems difficult, because, because it really is, it's really not always easy to, to know God. There really are moments of barren prayer. Ever been there? I've had plenty of hard moments where I'm like, I want to know God. And, and I got a billion tasks to do today. Not a billion. I got a lot of tasks to do today. I got a lot of reasons why this, 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 this prayer seems hard right now or dry. And don't get me wrong. A lot of moments, man, anointed, feels great. God with me. And there's a lot of moments where find freedom, community. Community's not always the easy button, right? So we're celebrating small groups, but half of you have checked out on small groups because you don't like small groups because you got awkwardness in small groups. Yes, it's true. Community can be a struggle, right? So to be a part of the fellowship is what we're called to, but it can be challenging or discovering my purpose and old school church, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Man, I just want to go chill out. <laughs> do what's easy, but equipped, that can have a struggle, make a difference, or that's how we, that's how we say it, but if, you, if instead of making it sound pretty, we want to make it hard, we could say, this book is mostly about martyrs and people suffering for the cause, and yet we often want to turn it into something easy and comfortable. Why do we read a book that's about suffering and martyrdom and think, oh, but I'm going to live the good life? Make a difference. Lay down my life. Do not be surprised, brother, when you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face suffering. <laughs> Dear, yeah. So we could easily just make those four slogans a little bit harsher, and it would be accurate. Because there is the delight of eternity in each one. But there is the struggle of challenge too. And so I want to invite you to just dream about what it looks like for you in this season to be a part of the pioneering minority. The two. Twelve walk in. Two say, let's take the land. Ten say, nah. I want to invite you to just pray, not ask David, but just ask God what it looks like for you to be a pioneer in this season. As we go into 24 months, I want to invite you, and, I, and again, in moments like this, it is not, it is just you asking God, what God, what is your yes for me? What have you called me to do? What does it look like? And even when you feel like the minority in your social circle, you're that involved with your church, you care, you're going to get on an airplane and go reach people. In an, in an unreached area part of the world, don't you know the danger? You're going to pray that often? Well, you went, to, you went to church yesterday. You're going to go to the prayer meeting tonight? You really get up at 6 a.m. to spend time alone with God and pray for the nations? You really care about Kansas City? You really care about lost people? You really invite those teenagers over to your house to give them some more food and tell them about Jesus yet again? Don't you know that people in puberty are annoying and frustrating? No, I'm called. Right? Yeah, I open up my house. Yeah, I fill up the, the refrigerator with pizzas. Why? Because it ain't easy, but it's eternal. And, and, and ultimately, God has called me to be one of the two pioneers. And it will always, it will always require people not understanding. 
And I just think in a culture with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, we tend to think like the majority. We tend to think, I want to be accepted. But if you were part of those 12, you would have chosen poorly if you had that mindset. And it's often the minority walking with God that end up right. Read the narratives of the Old Testament. It is so often the minority that say, I'm going to walk with God and hold my conviction, have a backbone, believe something, instead of just forming a conviction based upon what my social circle says. So I want to invite, I, I, I was just reading this week with this, just studying that idea. And I just read this verse, 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are the children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. I just want you to know, back to that spiritual battle series, you are in a battle. And so don't expect it to always be easy. In fact, Radiant Church, I'm just, I, we're not making these and this is totally a joke. I'm not serious, but I am pressing that eternal button over and over and over again. Because there's so many moments in your small group, there's so many moments when you haven't said yes to, I'm going to go through next steps and discover what my spiritual gifts are so that I can lay my life down, a part of a body to make a difference. And then over and over again, if you've got that, this is eternal, this is not easy, it'll give you the strength to endure. A couple thoughts. Number one, settlers speak about problems, but pioneers speak about God. If you just read the text. They said, Joshua and Caleb says, if the Lord is pleased, he will lead us. He will give us the land. He will be with us. Do not rebel against the Lord. God is on their tongue. God is what they're talking about. God is, God is the subject of their sentence. God is, what they, is, is, is their priority. And if you listen to the language of the settlers, the people that said, we can't, we can't go. We can't, we, can't, we can't do it. No way we can take the land. What's on their tongue is not God, it's the problems. Get on social media, boom, you'll see settlers and pioneers. And you'll see online a reality of what's in people's hearts, because what you are online is real. And, and I want to encourage you, I dream of a church where we online are just boom, we're talking about God. I dream of a church where what's on our tongue is God is with us. God has called us. God has invited us. God can do miracles. God, and where the language of the conversation is not the problems, not the pain. It's, let me tell you about who my God is. So you've got stories of the past. You've got stories of the present. And you're dreaming about the future. There's a young couple in our church that was telling me that they literally had to reform an entire new social group because cynicism so filled the last one. And the cynicism was towards church. And they said, we literally formed an entire new friend group. And it was hard and it was painful. And our friends called us names. But we could not survive listening to the negativity and the cynicism in that group. And so we formed a new group. And we made new disciples, and we helped them. And the conversation in that group now is who God is and what God is doing in our church. That is not just pie-in-the-sky talk. That is we're going to literally reform our lives so that we can, so that, so, that, so that out of the overflow of 
talking, knowing God, we're talking about God at work. And I just want to encourage you, it is so tempting. It is so tempting to live with negative speech, but what you say is so critical. And read this story, it's, their destinies are connected to what they say. Settlers are driven by fear, but pioneers are driven by faith. This is the obvious one. But when you talk much of God, out of the overflow of talking about God, we see faith. And we see not just the right view of God where we talk of God, but how you view yourself changes. So in this context, you've got Caleb and Joshua and they've got faith to move forward. Listen to them. Listen to the juxtapose the two responses. Verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. They've got confidence, not a false confidence in self, a real confidence that comes from God. The settlers say, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. So one is saying, we can take the land and they have said, God is with us. And there's, we seem like grasshoppers and we looked the same to them. Two different perspectives of self, two different perspectives of me. It's interesting because when you look in uh, other times that God referred to his people, he called them armies. So God says, so Exodus 6, 26, these are the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their armies, Exodus 6, 26. So I brought them out of Egypt, according to their armies. So this word armies can be armies. It can be hosts. It can be divisions, but it's not, it's never grasshoppers. (laughs) That was funny. Thank you, Dawson. Exodus 12, 41. Says same idea. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on the very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. So here God brings the people out, and we've got the language, divisions, hosts, armies. Yet when they see the size of the people, the people living in the land, the fortified cities, the people not speaking of God, saying we're grasshoppers, the people speaking of God say, we can take the land. Different viewpoint of self. So high view of God, right view of God, and it'll transform view of self. It'll transform, you'll look at the same circumstance and a pioneer says, God can do it. Or a settler says, ah, I'm just, and the focus is on me. I'm a, I'm a grasshopper. I'm small. I no chance. I find it so tempting for us to, under the name of being practical, just say, "Mm, let's not dream too big. But imagine if you and I prayed, thought, and became pioneers, looked at it and said, God, you can do it. It's not about us. Settlers romanticize the past, but pioneers dream about the future. So I just think when you look at this phrase where they say, let's go back to Egypt. The land we passed through is exceedingly good. The Lord is with us. Joshua and Caleb say, the Lord is with us. He's called us. Don't rebel. God with us. And the settlers are saying, let's just go back. Remember how good Egypt was? And I think, of, I think when you look at that, it's, it's, it's not even dealing with full reality. You really want to go back into slavery? You really want to go back? And yet we do this all the time. And the enemy comes along and he'll say that to you. Really? 
You want to move forward in discipleship and laying your life down for others? Don't you remember how good it was when you were living for greed and fame and comfort and pleasure? It's, it's, it's the same. And we tend to over-romanticize. Oh, man, remember back. <laughs> and I just want to invite us to look forward. That's the phrase that they're saying here. The land is full. It's full of milk and honey. They're looking forward. They're saying we can go take the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and God will give it to us. I'm telling you, if Joshua could name the next 24 months, he would name it, the future is milk and honey. He would say, there's a brighter future. Don't settle for Egypt. Don't settle for the desert. Let's go take what God has called us to. And so... I think he'd put a bracelet on that says, the future is milk and honey, baby. The future is, if, if we'll say yes, God's got more for us. And so I want to invite you to think about and take 21 days just to pray, God, what do you have for us as a church? God, what are you doing? God, what, do you, what, what is my role? What, how, how do I participate in what you've called us to do and what you've called us to be? Because at the end of my life, I don't want to have done something easy. I want to have done something eternal. Yeah. At the end of my life, I don't want to stand before God and say, I chose the easy button. I want to stand before God and say, I chose what lasted for eternity. And yet, I live, and so do you, in a culture where the whole constant language is it's about you, it's not about others, and it's certainly not about eternity. But when I think about the pioneers of the past who have impacted my life relationally, I gave you three of those. But think about the ones who have pioneered other things that you're the beneficiary of. We currently have more Bibles than we know what to do with. We have a, bi a free Bible app, and yet we don't read the Bible very often. And we have pastors and leaders and people begging us to read the Bible but William Tyndale was burned at the stake in 1536 for translating the Bible into English. He was a pioneer that paid a price. He blazed the trail so that you could have it in English right there. I think, I think, I, I think we could forever be grateful for a pioneer like Tyndale. I think we could forever, forever be grateful for guys like John Wesley, who when we look at what was going on in our nation in that time was pioneering new churches, riding horseback, 40,000 sermons, rode 4,000 miles on horseback per year. I mean, John Wesley living a sacrificial pioneering life for the sake of what many think helped usher in the Great Awakening, the Great Awakening impacting a nation in the globe. Renata um, often uh, reminds our children about Jim Elliot and has read uh, not only the, his biography, but watched the movie, End of the Spear. And it impacted our family because here was a man who was comfortable in Illinois and he decided to leave comfortable Illinois to go to Ecuador to pioneer a work of God among people who have never heard the gospel. And not only pioneered, but then his wife and friends after he was martyred, end up leading people in that tribe to Christ 
pioneer. And I can tell you that the people of Ecuador are forever grateful for Jim Elliott. And I can tell you that uh, you and I should forever be thankful for Tyndale and Wesley. They're pioneers. But they didn't live for easy. They lived for eternity. They didn't live for self. They had other people in mind. And I think when, it looks, when we look at our city and generations to come, we're going to have to think like pioneers, not consumers. And I'm tempted to always think of what's in this for me, because that's what I'm trained in. That's what every radio ad is about. It's what every Instagram ad is about. It's about me. And it is just fundamentally different to live authentic Christianity in that age. So let me give a few practical things. Number one, pioneer through the surprises. Undoubtedly, difficulty lies ahead. And I think when we look at this initiative over the next 24 months, there's going to be some surprises. You can guarantee that the response of the spies was, wow, fortified cities and giants in the land. You're not going to believe this, but this is a little bit shocking, but this is going to be really challenging and difficult. And I want to encourage you in your own life, as we pray, as we believe, as we reach the lost, as we, as we disciple people, as we serve, as we give, as we do the things that the church of Jesus Christ does, there's always going to be blindsided challenges and struggles. As Peter said, do not Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal that, that came on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed with his glory when his glory is revealed. We're often surprised by suffering because we're Americans. We don't suffer. We don't have challenges. <laughs> Us suffer? And yet the narratives of scripture say the opposite. We're looking toward eternity. This is a part of the now, this challenge. So don't be surprised when all of a sudden you see trial, difficulty, suffering as you're pioneering the new land. Don't be surprised by suffering. That's not me. That's Peter. That's just what we're called to. Pioneer through the, pioneer through the fatigue. Paul said this in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for the, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When you're tired, your judgment is thrown off. And a lot of times because we get tired, we settle. I'm just too done. It's too hard. I've gone, I've done too much. So I'm going to sit out. This, this has been a challenging time, politics, pandemic, constant fighting. And so it's easy to just sit out and say, I'm going to wait and rest till it's all over. Wrong. Enlist in a small group again. Make disciples again. Serve some more. Serve your way through it. Pray your way through it. Make disciples your way through it. You, in the process of feeling like I you will, you, will, you will walk as a disciple as you walk with God and you continue in the things of God rather than just sitting on the sideline and settling. And so I want to invite you, make it your prayer. God, I need you. It's Isaiah 40. Those that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. So another donut won't renew my strength. Another, another Netflix series won't renew my strength. They may give you physical strength, but you need spiritual strength to endure. And so you need 
God, do not become weary in doing well. What is that doing well? It's doing the stuff of the kingdom. You joined a movement, the Jesus movement. You joined the church, the Jesus church. It's moving forward. It's pioneering. It's taking new ground. It's going after the next generation. It's going after the city. It's going after the nations. It's moving. Don't settle. If it's, if it's moving, you best be moving too. If it's moving, if the church of Jesus continues to pioneer and march on, so are you. Last idea. Pioneer through the uncertainty. Pioneer through the uncertainty. It's interesting because we don't like uncertainty, but Jesus used it as a pop quiz over and over again. Hey, uh, he's about to do a miracle in John 2, and he says, just go fill these jars with water. So you don't just suddenly see wine, you got to, he gives a step. It's wild. He looks at the man who has a shriveled hand and he just says, stretch out your hand. Is this embarrassing? Are you, are you picking on me? Step of faith, fill up the jars. Step of faith, stretch out your hand. You can't see it. You're not God. He is. Ah, uh, but I want to understand it. Everybody's hungry. Put them in rows of, put them in circles of 50. Oh, what? Can you just tell us what you're going to do? No. Can you just do it without us having to do something? I want partnership. Uh, I'll, I'll do the things that I understand, not faith. I'll Google it first and then I'll do it. No, here's what, in the same way that Jesus gives a little whisper, fill up the jars, stretch out your hand, get in groups of 50. They don't understand it. He does. But it's not until they say yes that they see the miracle. We're constantly given just a little hint. Peter, just go get, go fishing. Pull the coin out of the fish's mouth. What? Weird. Stretch out your hand. Me? Fill up the jars with water? Come on. Can you just make it easy? No. I want you in the journey with me. I want you to take a step of faith. That's always what it looks like. And I think that for us, it's easy for us to just watch other people give sacrificially. Watch other people pray. Watch other people serve. Watch other people make disciples. And here's what I do. I consume. Here's what I do. I got, I'm focused on me which means at my core, I'm a settler, not a pioneer. And I think because we live in a digital age, we can even identify ourselves as pioneers when we're actually settlers. We're just watching other people. When I took my family to Disney World, we went to Epcot. And there was a ride called Soarin, S-O-A-R-I-N, Soarin. And it was one of my favorite rides, which shows my age because uh, it was made for old people. And um, it was not a roller coaster. It was where you got onto a ride and you sit in a chair. There's a screen in front of you and you get to see some of the prettiest places. You see oceans. You see cities. You see the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's like it takes you on this aerial view where you get to see the world. But you're actually seated in one spot, not moving. But it feels like it because it's a big screen and they have wind that blows in your face at certain moments. 
And then there's little scent sprays, you know, so you get little, so it smells like you're actually there. And the wind blows like you're actually over a river in the Rockies, but you're not, you're sitting in Orlando. But it feels like it. Sense, I, my senses tell me it, but I'm not actually in the Rockies. I'm not actually in the cities. I'm not actually in San Francisco looking at the Golden Gate. I'm just seated in one place, but I got the feeling. And as we were walking out, I made a joke to Dawson. I said, hey, I don't have to take my family any of those places because we've been there, baby. I'm not going to pay that price. We don't have to do those things. We just ride soaring again. I think many of us do that. Katie, you can worship. <laughs> Nathan, you can show us how to sacrificially give. David, you be that prayer guy. Yeah. Mm. My small group leader. Yeah, you make disciples. I want to invite you to go from inspiration to participation. Just go all in. And not about what David says. It's about what God says to you. What the Lord invites you to as we go on this um, initiative together, I just couldn't help but remember in 1986, uh, my dad and mom came to the triplets and Dan and said, hey guys, God's called us in Moscow, Idaho to build a building. My dad pastored church in Moscow, Idaho. And and uh, he said, let's pray. Let's take a season to pray and ask God what we could give. And we, we didn't give a monthly financial commitment. We said, hey, let's sell our new car, which is kind of funny because uh, we didn't care about the car. My dad, you know, wasn't really a car guy, but it was really my mom's car. Heart hated for my mom. So my mom smiled and said, yeah, we can sell the car. And I'll just never forget the day where they picked us up from Logos School in a clunky old car and uh, told us that they had sold the, it was a, in the 80s, it was a, it was a Oldsmobile Regency Brome. And it was my mom's favorite, 98 Regency Brome. It was cool in the 80s. And, uh, and so we gave all that and built a great building for the church. And then just recently I was uh, on YouTube and I was Googling theological debates, which is what I know all of you do in your spare time. Um, and this debate came up on eschatology and it was in the Moscow Church of the Nazarene, the building where my dad pastored it. I just remembered going back with Renata just years ago as adults with four kids. And here's that church now 30 years later, 35 years later, still, still a church booming in Moscow, Idaho. And I thought, you know, even that little, just our little yes of going from 98 to clunker, the caprice, I mean, ugly. But yet, wasn't easy, but is eternal. I don't know what God has for us. Um, I don't know what the future is, but I do want to invite you.
to ask God that you would care like he cares about the next generation, about our city, about who he's called us to reach, and not just us now, but what I believe. 35 years from now, when Renata and I are sitting in wheelchairs going, oh, oh, watching the gospel of Jesus being proclaimed, and you and I knowing in this season, we said yes. We're not better. It's just our turn to say yes, whatever you want to do, God. Will you bow your heads with me? You just ask the Lord Jesus to lead you over these next 21 days. So we go on this journey together. And I, I, I don't know what your next faith step is. Maybe it has to do with this initiative. Maybe it has to, you want to be like Dick Eastman where you pray over the nations. You want to live a little bit less entertainment so that you can serve somebody else. You want to lead a small group, make disciples, help people who are new to the faith or help kids or teens or help people that are growing. Maybe it's to join a small group. Maybe you're, you feel disconnected and you're not ready to lead yet, but you're certainly ready to just jump in a group and have somebody say, let me help you follow Jesus. We just give the Lord your yes. God, what, how are you leading me? What's my step? Maybe it's something I'm not saying. I'm just giving you ideas. What's my yes, God? My yes for today. What's my, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep taking ground. I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to settle. And I'm not going to retreat. I'm going forward. If you're here today and your next step is to say yes to the finished work of the cross, that Jesus went to a cross in your place for your sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if today you want to say yes to Jesus and give your life to him, I invite you to just pray this prayer at your seat right there, you and God. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Take it. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life. I will follow you. I want to spend eternity with you. Save me. In Jesus' name.